Now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hello. How are you, Aaron? I'm doing well. It's been a been a fun evening so far, getting a lot of stuff done here, and I'm looking forward go. to doing some more. Yeah, let's do this. Uh, you know, I'm just uh, solving a murder mystery. Good, good. <laughs> your side hustle. Exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they don't call me Dick Abe for anything. Do they not call you that for that? <laughs> um out now is a film podcast we're able to discuss new movies weekly however we like to have those bonus episodes whether it's one of our fun commentary tracks some thoughts on news of the day or something a little bit different and this is a little different because we have uh we wanted to talk about two movies uh that abe has not had a chance to talk about in full detail and we figured right. since they've been out for a while at this point why not not only talk about them but talk about them with full spoilers in mind Ooh. uh so the movies in question are avatar the way of water uh, the biggest mystery of them all. And then, of course, Glass <laughs> Onion, a movie that has no spoilers whatsoever. Uh, so, but yeah, to be aware that if you're listening to this episode, we are going to be spoiling what takes place in both Avatar The Way of Water and Glass Onion, Colin A. Knives, that mystery. Mm-hmm. Um, so keep that in mind uh, as we go through all this. But first, uh, some show notes. Uh, first up, um, I just realized it's January. That means we're going to do a new commentary. It's a I know. <laughs> so again, stay, stay tuned for that, whatever that's going to be. Uh, we'll figure that out soon enough. But also, our top 10 show is coming uh, in the few weeks' time. Uh, so stay tuned for that as well, because that's always a lot of fun, getting a lot of thoughts on a lot of movies of the last year. Uh, and what else? Of course, iTunes reads the ratings. Good to get those. Helps out the show. Helps people behind the show. If you want to log on to iTunes, search around out there today, you can do just that. And give us a rating review. It'd be great. Thank you so much in advance. Okay. So before we get to these movie reviews, yes, let's do a little out now quickies. Trademark. Each and now we we that was that we 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 that was that we yeah. All right, let's do this. <laughs> Abe, thank yes. You. What have you seen recently? I only want to highlight one thing that I've seen somewhat recently, but it is the Bob's Burgers Christmas episode. Um, oh yeah, okay. I did not expect to tear up a little bit, and I teared up a little bit in that episode because of just how sweet that it was. Uh, it is. It is a movie, or it, it's an episode where it's it's a typical Bob's Burgers episode where the three kids have their own three things going on, so they kind of have to like juggle these three uh, school events that that happen. And I, I won't spoil anything, even though this is a full spoiler show for two movies, but no TV. <laughs> but um, what happens is something that I did not expect to have 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 happen because I thought that something else was going to happen. And then when it happened, I was thinking to myself, "This is such a sweet moment. This is why this show has such a a positive vibe about it, and why you know it, just earlier earlier this year, late 2022, the AV Club had written this article about how Bob's Bob from Bob's Burgers, like the best, like okay dad, like he's he's basically like willing to be a goof with his kids and also willing to like you know go out with his kids and hang out with his kids. So he's a, he's a really good dad in that respect. And you know the show just has so much goodwill toward it, and it's been on for about thirteen seasons now. Um, some episodes better than others. Like you can definitely have like a, a there's like certainly lulls in it, but this episode was it kind of caught me off guard and even mixed with the, the episode before where they go visit Bob's mom. Um, it's like, Oh, there's like very 
there's some good emotional beats in like this late this this late year, but you know, mid season type of show. So I'd recommend the Bob's Burgers Christmas episode. Yeah. I think particularly because of who it involves, um, that really helps as far as the emotional output that it's going throwing at you. Yeah, that's a good episode. I I watched that, you know, back in December. It was good. There you go. Um, I have a few things I want to cover here uh, before we get into our reviews. Uh, First up is uh, Intergalactic. Um, This is a it's on Netflix. It's billed as a TV special. I think partly because it was originally going to be one, um, but it instead it's just a ninety-minute animated movie um, from Kid Cudi, um, who has like oh a, yes, yeah, this movie. It has, it has an album that goes alongside with it as well. Um, I really like this a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's the style, the stylized animation is very akin to Spider Verse and um, right. a few other like kind of out there animated films that I've seen in of recent years and it's very cool for that matter the story itself is just basically just like a adult romantic comedy type thing where you have Kid Cudi in New York his character Jabari moves into a new apartment um there's a a woman next door uh, played by Jessica Williams and it's just about them basically like eventually meeting up, forming a relationship, whatever drama unfolds and what happens from there. Like, it's not like breaking any barriers as far as what the story is supposed to be, but it's all in the, the attitude of the film and the, the vocal performances, the soundtrack of chorus, because you have Kid Cudi songs along with other music. Like there's just so much there. And there's the look, the style and look of this thing. That's just really cool. Like it's just a really like well done animated film using, you know, a fairly normal, type of like romance story yet fitted within the realms of this um you know stylized uh, visualization of everything so it's a it's a good watch Interesting. Quite a okay bit. yeah that's on netflix right yeah it's on netflix yeah. um i also watched on netflix roll dolls matilda the musical oh all right so this is the film adaptation of the hit broadway musical based upon the roll doll book matilda uh, which was previously adapted, of course, by Danny DeVito right. in the film Matilda. Um, I'd say this is about, I have about the same regard for this musical movie as I do the film, where they're like, they're good. Okay. You know, they're nothing blowing me away, but they're good. Um, I don't know. I didn't know the music. I knew there was a musical, but I didn't know the musical before seeing this movie. Um, so I just walked in not knowing any of the songs being like, okay, there's some songs that work. Yeah. Uh, one particularly towards the end, um, revolting children, which is, I think like a big hit on the web as far as just these like dance movies we're doing and stuff. It's like, okay. Yeah. It's, I like the energy going on here. Emma Thompson's like unrecognizable as the Trunchbull. Uh, Lashana Lynch is playing Miss Honey. Like there's just a lot of, and like, we have like Stephen Graham is one of her, is her dad, Matilda's dad. Stephen like, Graham. Yeah. There's just uh. a lot of stuff here where I'm like, I like this. This is like nice. Like the songs or whatever. I'm not going to like buy the soundtrack or anything, but yeah. it's like, okay, we're doing another Matilda. I, I like what they came up with here. A little long, but it's fine. How long is a little know. long? Two hours and 10? How long is it? I don't know. I know it felt long. Um, Hold on. Let me see. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking it up too. It is, it's just under two hours. Okay. Um. Oh, but, but it feels a, long. Oof. But it, well, it's a music. It's a musical, sure. so you know they tend to be longer because they have songs. Yeah, so it's like so it can't just be them walking into scene and saying stuff. They got to say <laughs> stuff, and then they got to sing a song about the stuff that and do a choreograph and do a choreograph dance. dance. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's so yeah, like it, 
Roald Dahl stuff tends to work uh, on screen. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think we've talked about this before, but like it tends to be good when Roald Dahl gets adapted, which is, you know, not, you can't say that about every author, but for some reason, Roald Dahl tends to work out. So. True. Um, yeah. Take that, Stephen King. Exactly. Exactly <laughs> what I'm representing. Um, I mentioned that I saw a few documentaries uh, yeah. the other day on the podcast, and I wanted to bring them up here. Uh, first is I finally saw the film Moonage Daydream, the David Bowie documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a really just solid mood piece. Like there's no talking heads or people talk about, you know, David Bowie from the future tense or what have you. It's just all his music, music videos, him in interviews from the period, from various periods or whatnot, just kind of streamed together for a two hour, 15 minute sort of ride. Um, and, you know, I saw it at home and now I, I wanted, I, I didn't see it because I was hoping I'd get a chance to see it in IMAX. And I certainly realized why I wanted to do that because yeah, this really would have played well on an IMAX screen where you're just kind of experiencing David Bowie for two hours. Like it's, it's well done in that way. Mm -hmm. It's not particularly insightful because it doesn't really have anything to say beyond remember all this (laughs) that this guy did. (laughs) Like it's great, right? Like that's really the movie, (laughs) but I do think it's constructed in a way where it certainly, you know, brings you in and you just feel absorbed by his music and, his philosophies and what have you. So nice. Certainly a worthwhile watch for Bowie fans and fans of people that just enjoy this kind of, you know, getting the, the essence of an artist that was very creative. Yeah. Um, Let's see. I watched another documentary called meet me in the bathroom. Um, speaking of music themed documentaries, this is a documentary built around the kind of two early 2000 or yeah, early mid two thousands wave of like punk rock. Um, featuring like the Strokes and the Yeah Yeah Yeah, oh Interpol. Um, it's about like that scene in New York and how things got affected by 9/11 and just the way the press was grappling onto you know you know those bands, the Strokes at the time and things like that. How they were becoming pop, how they went from being these kind of club bands to becoming major you know international rock bands, what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, I it's a it's a good doc but not a great one largely because it tries to tackle so much. I, yes, okay. It it like it's bringing up like so many different topics because you know it's the world and yeah. a lot of things happen in the world. Right. <laughs> so it but it it's it's not it's not quite focused enough to have a real through line beyond these bands were here during a time when all this stuff happened. It wasn't all this stuff wild. Yes, but also I I need more <laughs> to, to tell me about this. At the same time though as one who is a huge fan of the strokes, for example, among other bands that are featured in this film, um, it is neat to just see that time being reflected once again. And like what it was like for them to become, you know, more popular than they were and the kind of journey they went on. Yeah. Uh, you, as you were mentioning all that good stuff, I was thinking to myself, Oh no, like it's too much to, that's too much for one documentary to handle. Um, yeah. It yeah. feels like this is, this could have easily been like a five part miniseries on HBO that I would have happily watched. Or if they um, had just gone on with like one or two bands. Perhaps, but yeah. I mean, there's so much overlap, which sure. is why it makes sense to pretty do pretty cool premise, though. It is, and it's certainly again, it's worthwhile. I just I wish it was more focused yeah. or better, but it's still like it's not like I didn't regret watching it whatsoever. I think it's one of the better documentaries I've seen this year. There you um, go. And lastly, I watched uh, Bad Axe. Um, this is a doc the, the twin to t- small axe. <laughs> I, I like all the axes apparently. But yeah, Bad Axe. <laughs> Um, it's a town in Michigan called Bad Axe, and it's set in it's set in twenty or it starts in twenty twenty when the pandemic's just kicking off. It focuses on this restaurant called Rachel's 
Rachel's in Bad Axe, mm-hmm. um, it, which is um, run by a mixed family. You have a I want to say I believe it's a, a Chinese father and a Mexican mother. Oh, and and they have a blended. They have they have kids together, uh, and like one of the kids. Like the 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 oldest son is the one making the documentary. The oldest daughter is the one who's trying to like negotiate making the restaurant work within a pandemic world. And she also runs the social media. Then like the younger sister just works at the restaurant. Then they have like other friends and what have you. This sounds and fascinating. It's, and it's set in you know this part of Michigan where some people are running with the things as they were at that time and others are being horribly racist yeah. and have other problems with the world. Uh, and so it's a really interesting doc that focuses both on how this restaurant's able to survive during this time, as well as what the context of the world around them is like. Sure, It's really good. Really <laughs> so good. Okay. I'm glad to hear. Yeah. yeah. Cause yeah. <laughs> when you were describing that it was made by their son, the first thing I thought of was, um, and this is not because they're the same type of thing, but, but money in the gap, which is, the oh, guy sure. who made a documentary about his friends about skateboarding mm-hmm. and about growing up and why they love skateboarding and the the life twists and turns that come along the way, which is also a very good documentary. It's a great documentary. I would say this fairly much the way me liking this movie is similar to why I like Mind in the Gap so much. Okay. I would say they're you know they're not necessarily the same, exactly. but it certainly has a certain style to it, or you know a, a mold of documentary that works for me quite well. Yeah. This, this, Where did this you catch that? Better. Um, I have a screener of okay. it, but it's, it's not currently, on the Hulu or anything. No, I believe it is. Um, you can find it online. I believe it's on VOD right now. Got it. Um, so yeah, okay. it's, it's it's readily available for people to watch. Um, okay. but yeah, good doc for sure. Great. All right. Well, that's enough cookies. Trademark. Okay. Let's uh let's move on now. Let's get to uh, let's get to our first discussion of Avatar: colon, The Way of Water. Full spoilers. The humans are returning. Hunting us. What's our plan? This is our home. This is our family. This is our fortress. This is where we make our stand. We must protect the people. Let's get it done. Avatar The Way of Water. Experience it in 3D. Tickets on sale now. All right, that should have been a little clip from Avatar Colon The Way of Water. Uh, I've talked about this movie. I yes. talk about it a lot with friends of the show. Almost, Ali almost a three-hour episode. Yeah, it was a long time. Uh, so I've certainly put my thoughts out there. I think it's pretty great. Uh, but I've not heard, Abe, what you thought of James Cameron's Avatar, The Way of Water. So I'm curious, what did you think of James Cameron's return to Pandora? His return to Pandora is very fascinating because I myself was not, you know, the biggest fan of the first Avatar. I appreciated it for what it was. And I think that, you know, Aaron, I think you go above and beyond. You say, like, you probably loved the first Avatar. Um, I think it's pretty great. I, I don't would say love it. Like it's still okay. it's like fifth best movie. But yeah, there you go. yeah. Fifth, for for Cameron, fifth best. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that that sounds appropriate. Um, and so Avatar: The Way of Water, I was. It's not that I was expecting more or less from it, but it is a beautiful spectacle. A beautiful spectacle. James Cameron, like, it, it it's impossible for me to like give him enough praise for creating this world, taking an audience member to. Not even just like one part of the world, but like now two parts of this world. And just being like, this is the world that's in my head. And, you know, like this is what I dream about. And this is this is everything that I, I, I um, that I, uh, you know, obsess over. And it's like it's very fascinating to see this come to fruition. And then it's also kind of a bummer because I was like, this is also 
It's also written by like a 10 year old, but that's okay. Because I think if you're going to go see this movie, if you're going to commit the time to go see this movie, spend three hours and change in this movie, you're not going there to be like, this is going to win, you know, best uh, original screenplay. Cause it's not the best screenplay. And I, I would say that that's kind of the thing that holds you back from it is, is at sometimes the screenplay kind of just, uh, it, it, I think it, it asks a lot of an audience member to just go with certain elements of what it's showing you. But I have to, I have to tell you that this, this, the way that it looks and the way that the use of the 3d is employed, like it, what, what a beautiful movie. And so on that note, it before we get into like deep dive spoilers, I, I will say that like it certainly would be worth your money to go watch this in IMAX 3D, the way that he intended it with the higher frame rate with the 3D and the the dual laser 3D, um, and what have you. But then at the same time, I I can kind of see where if you're just like I'm meh on avatars. Like I, I guess if you're not gonna go see it, then um a bummer because it should be seen in the theaters and this is like a huge proponent of you should see things the way that the Nintendo created it to be this is why i wanted to watch billy lynn's halftime walk in 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 a high frame rate even though it was not very good but you know it, it like that's kind of where i fall with avatar the way of water like what a beautiful spectacle and it, it's some degree it could be like a, an oled tv commercial for three hours but the writing yeah. was just like kind of like kind of childish to some degree but again not anything that i i it's i'm not holding that part to like the, the flame you know what i mean well, you say that but i want i have to ask like what is it that held you back from the writing like i and i know you've heard our discussion but like the thing that makes me like this movie so much more than the first one is because i think the characterization is so much deeper and richer than the first film yeah i think that what what really helps out on that front is that you're just there's no backstory that you have to develop with with jake sully you know there's uh, you're just you're in the navi world you know what i mean um and that's the that's just how you're plopped into the storyline what i'll say about the writing is just i think that it was very uh very interesting to some degree like I like that they were referencing things about Gaia and Mother Nature and, and all this other stuff too. But I also thought that it was kind of just jokey and kind of like weird and not even jokey in a way that, you know, some, some other pundits, not me, but some other pundits have said that Cameron, like what happened to Cameron's sense of humor? And I was like, I can kind of see what they're saying. You know, they brought up true lies and kind of how that movie can kind of have, um, I mean, that's a comedy. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you know, they've got like Bill Paxton and, and, um, and Tom Arnold's kind of quipping back and forth, but um, yeah, I, I nothing really held me back. Again, it's not it's not something that I was thinking to myself. This is this has to be an A plus as well. But I think that there were just some things as I was watching this movie. I certainly you know shook my head a little bit or like thought to myself, oh, it's very it's very contrived about what you were trying to do here. Um, and so that's kind of where I fell with some of the writing. Um, so again, it wasn't that it was god awful. It was just more of Mm, okay uh, you guys just definitely put your your uh expertise and and um and uh uh effort into some other parts of this movie which i completely understand but i mean you're saying that but like they had it's not like they just scrapped together a story like he got writer's rooms together to totally like make fully developed like narr- it's not that they did just toss it aside and be like oh the effects will do the work for me like i yeah. I, I i i could agree that like Yes, it's not like breaking new new ground as far as what can story do to you, but I do think there's a considered effort in 
why why I care about what's taking place here. Like I you know I I have bonds to what's going on because the work is being done to make me care about this this place for an hour before we get to any action. Sure. Uh, watching these characters, watching them interact with each other, watching Kiri uh, bond with with the the, the water, <laughs> whatever yeah, yeah, way she's doing yeah. it, or or or, or under. I think, or, like, I think that's kind of you're alluding to some of the things that I that I would probably point out as maybe nitpicks. Which is okay. Well, you have this Curie character who's played by uh, Sigourney Weaver, mm-hmm. and yeah, at some points you're just like, "What is happening with this?" Uh, and you know, how can she hold her breath for much longer without having to, without having known how to like breathe underwater? Or she's just like, you know, hanging out. And uh, you know, well, we know she's. I mean, the movie sets up that she's different. Yeah, like the, exactly. She that she, her 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 Navi body. It, it's. Just appeared I mean, it's, out of it's nowhere. Basically, it's it's born from Awa. Like it's, that's it's, right. It's, she's she's it's, basically it's, uh, she's Jesus. Um, so it's you know that stuff I totally get. But what you and I were just discussing around, uh, even even when they get to the like, here's an example of what I think maybe went wrong with some of the writing, and not that it's necessarily bad. It's just more when you get to when they have to leave the the jungle tree tribes. And they have to go into the water tribes. Um, Jake Sully is just like, hey, guys, like, do your best effort. Try not to mess anything up. We've got to, like, be as one with this community. And then all of a sudden, there's, like, just dispersal. Like, I don't even know what they do at this community. You know, like, there's no there's no sense of, like, well, we're in charge of this and that. It's, like, more of just let me just show you this beautiful spectacle of people well writing or just, like, you know, diving deep into the waters, which, again... Well, they do explain. I love those. that. They explain that they go in the water to collect certain like shells and things or whatnot to do their daily chores. Like they, they give us a the sense da- of yeah. what their community is. The daily chore stuff kind of just was. I didn't think it was it was that well thought out. Um, I think the other large part of this that maybe didn't help out with the uh, with some of it was there was a lot of characters in this movie, um, and some of them I care for more than others. Um, and this is again not a knock. It's just more of what I think held me back from saying this is an incredible a plus movie all around it's just i had a hard time keeping up with some of these names and it was difficult for me to say like well who's this person again and why should i be caring about them or what have you like the person i did care about a lot was like that little kid Tuke, and it's probably just because she's like the youngest of them and also like you know i just don't want anything to happen to her um so i can say right now like i've seen this movie twice uh i don't know the names of all these kids yeah. That doesn't bother me whatsoever. Like, I, I know which one's which. I know the older brother acts a certain way. <laughs> yeah, I know yeah, the younger exactly. brother acts a certain way. I know who Carrie is because it's Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> exactly. Like, th- this is not a thing that was bothering. And that's and then the movie is about the kids. So not yes. that I can't tell you Loak offhand it's not, it was not an issue for me because it's like, I get it. He's the younger brother. Whatever. Like it was, Yeah, just, he's the younger brother. It's like a dipshit. Yeah. What I like that it's it's it, it's it, in spite of, yes, like not necessarily thin characters, but like in spite of not great, you know, not giving me like instantly iconic names, however much that's worth. I don't even care about the I names. Was still, I, I know, I know, I know. Uh, but I, I was still like for an hour of this movie, I, I'm getting to know them in a sense where by the end of this movie, I care that one of them gets shot and killed. Like, I, I don't like that that happened. Like, I, yeah. I feel for that because, yeah, I had a lot of time to spend so- learning this world and being a part of it and seeing the relationship between yeah. these brothers and sisters. And no, I hear you. And, and this father. movie, this movie certainly is more about that than anything else. It's also more about like, I think the bonds between fathers and sons kind of thing. Oh um, yeah. But it's very Cameron. 
Yes, exactly. Like Cameron, who who's the other guy that like also loves like father and son stories that I Spielberg. Yes, exactly. It's like it's very Spielberg too, where it's like Spielberg just like, uh, go watch Fablemans, go watch any of his movies. But um, with all that being said, yeah, that's kind of what where I I, I uh, drove at, which is yes, I I all of that you know aside, it did lead me down this pathway of okay, well Spielberg, you got me again. I'm sorry, um, Cameron, Cameron, you got me again with like this scene here, which is you know a, a pretty terrible scene where uh, I again can't remember the oldest son's name, but he he's got to die, and then you know you get like this mother in enraged and also like super saddened, but you know they've got to go fight, um, even Lang, yeah, exactly. So I agree that there's again not as much that I would say that there are I wouldn't I wouldn't say that there's a large emphasis of me saying because of the writing that I didn't think that was super good um held me back from anything it was just more that you know it's the thing that made me kind of not cringe at times it's just more of yeah I, I don't really care too much for it but with all that being said though again this movie itself is like I think that you you would be not doing yourself a favor if you're watching this on TV um later. Yeah, I mean the final hour of this thing is incredible. <laughs> I think all throughout, like again, all throughout. Well, yeah, all the, you're not yes, you're not like, gonna you're not wrong. Yeah. Like all throughout, like, I am excited about all throughout, this. Movie. And then there's also like that wailing scene, which is like devastating, but also like incredible. Like James Cameron clearly loves the ocean and he clearly loves like he cares for things, you know. He's he's like, I think he's like vegan now, but um he is he's yeah he's but, he's know, very much pro planet yeah exactly yeah. he's very pro planet and i think that that really comes across but yeah just the way that he is able to like show these things to you in a manner in which is very um engaging but also something that you don't really think of yourself as uh, you don't you don't really think of as like oh i've seen this before but you've never really seen it before like from this angle from this way the way that it looks you know switching from high frame rate into 24 uh, into back to high frame rate or what have you, you know, like it's, it's like, it's, I know that he ha he's had like years to think about this. You know, I think they did a principal shooting 2017 and then I think he completed, he completed part three. Uh, they shot, they said they shot it simultaneously. Right. So well, they, yeah. They, well, they shot one after the other. It's just three's done already. Yeah. Three's done. One, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's great. But you know, again, what I'm driving at here is like the, the technological aspect of this movie is just too good, you know, and that I cannot deny. Like, it's I would never hold anybody back by saying, like, you shouldn't watch this movie because, like, the writing was dumb. It's like, no, like, you have to, like, again, you have to go see this James Cameron movie because it's, it's a James Cameron movie. And he, like, he holds nothing back, you know what I mean? Like, I, you, you and I have kind of, like, long talked uh, during his press tour, kind of, like, off mic about, like, how, how like, hilariously cool he's been. Um, but just like, you know, putting people down about like, no, like the, I'm not going to make them to be shorter or I'm, I see, I have the best theater and it's in my head and it plays for free at night. You know, that's like a real he's, James Cameron quote. He's, ha he's happy to brag about what he's accomplished because he's accomplished it. Right. Like, yeah. I mean, it's, he has, he has no reason to say, uh, you know, he has no reason to be more humble than he needs to be. Right. And he's still being relatively humble given all of what he's done. Yeah. Here. <laughs> like, like it's uh, given all of what he's done, not just here, but for Hollywood. And, and I don't use that lightly. Like I'm not one to like, you know, blow hollywood or like you know put sunshine up hollywood's ass like I, i'm not i'm not in the game like i'm not getting disney paychecks you know what i mean so it's like i have no i have no uh relationship to these people 
So James Cameron, for what he's done to movies, like I just watched something recently about him talking to Pat, uh, Patrick, um, Jason Patrick, Patrick, uh, who's T one thousand, Robert Patrick. Patrick. Yeah, where he's talking to Robert Patrick, and Robert Patrick was talking about how the the scene where the canal where the T one thousand is coming out in liquid metal, and he's like, oh James, like you know, I think I'm just messing it all up, and James Cameron just told him like, hey man, like it's so it's totally okay because none of this has ever been done before, and that's like. Like, what do you want from him? You know what I mean? Like, that's exactly why, like, this movie is like, you just have to go see this. Like, oh, I, yeah, well, you're talking, you're talking about just direction. Like, why, direction why this sure. is such a well-directed movie? Because it's, it's not just, you know, it's not just point the camera somewhere. It's everything that has to be done to make this film come together the way it does. That's what directing is. And he's such a, yeah. he's such a hands-on director where he's just involved in every aspect of right. the film that he's made because he's created this world from the ground up where, it's it's the kind of thing where it's like I don't begrudge Catherine Bigelow for winning for the Hurt Locker. Like it's a great sure. movie and she did Should've a great job for with Zero Dark Thirty. It. That would have been preferred, yeah. but it's like Avatar <laughs> is like the, the movies changed because Avatar. <laughs> like it's that that's you, you don't have a scene Cameron, in like, Babylon with Avatar in it because it didn't mean anything to the you, you know it's not in Babylon the Hurt Locker. <laughs> 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 Uh, <laughs> and again this isn't putting down her no no not just, at all yeah it's just Cam- like yeah. cameron said himself like no one else could direct this. right and it's like he's not wrong yeah. like there's no you know we've been trained so much by blockbusters of today as far as how to regard them uh and how to regard this sort of spectacle and i think it's been a detriment in a lot of audiences because they just don't seem to i say that knowing that avatar is currently like racking up billions of dollars sure. so it's like whatever but it's like there's such a weird online specifically disdain for certain kinds of things because they dare to be earnest as opposed to having this nonstop joke fest thing going on that the MCU has handled or other kind of shortcuts to entertaining somebody where Avatar, this one is doing just, it's doing the work. Like it's, it's, it's building the foundations that you need for this kind of thing. And that's why I think it's, again doing so well at the box office because it's uh there's so much fundamental stuff it gets right as opposed to just coating it with candy colored stuff that you can easily wash off right it, you know put on a new coat and you have another superhero movie like yeah. it's it's different and that's yeah, why and, the world is liking this movie <laughs> yeah and i think that's kind of you know before we get into like more plot details of spoilers and things like that um i think in large part why there's such a, a different response to this than even the um the MCU movies that we've talked about extensively in the past that have you know four that come out like in a year, um, why this is different is because there seems to be a self critical, you know, care to it. And again, sure. Cameron's just not a guy that's just like let me just put some shit out for the sake of putting shit out. Like he's made like less movies than like many of today's Hollywood directors. You know what I mean? Like. He's not like a prolific director in that he has a great quantity of them, but the quality of them are so like the abyss is just like that was like 1980 something. And I was like, what is happening here? Like, how are they making like this face in this water, you know? And so, but even that, but you know, you see like you, you move into aliens, like aliens is like, who, who would have fucking thought of like this giant, you know, alien, uh, nest queen yeah yeah, the, the, yeah like who would have thought of like you know just we've seen nests before but it's like who would have thought like oh let me just have like eggs everywhere and this giant fucking monster of like you know this demon monster coming at you it's like this is what james cameron has done it's like uh i i appreciate everything he said so again 
it's why I'm not like I'm not trying to get on you, but no, it's no, just no. like I, I like we're definitely I know, different. I, we're decidedly different for sure. And it's like, well, yeah, it's like you know, like what you if you don't like it, don't like it, or you, yeah, you know, yeah. you have diff- that that's whatever. It's just like it, it. There's not a part of me that feels like he puts less effort into the story versus everything else. Like yeah. everything he's doing here is based around what he sees in this in the in the narrative he wants to tell. Whether or not that's successful in various ways, that's up to the viewer, of course. But like. There's no part of him that's like half-assing a crucial element of a movie. I hear what you're saying, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And and I that's kind of where it's like I don't know where maybe just like fell short for me. And again, he's not like let me not have a good story to go along with this. He's definitely trying to think of all of a full, well-rounded movie for sure. But that's kind of just where it fell flat for me. Not flat. That's kind of where it fell short for me. It's just okay. Some of this writing is it's very childish or like it's very um uh kind of like. I just didn't res. It didn't resonate with me, even though it's 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 fairly serious movie. So, anyway, let's dive into some spoilers because I want to ask you a few questions here. Okay. So Stephen Lang uh, shows up here, and he he shows up as like you know his Avatar Navi form, and like uh, he he's a dick from the start. But um, I want to know like, do you think that he's just like yeah? I guess I should have feelings for my son Spider, even though I'm not really him. Like I'm not his dad. Well, I mean, right here is there's so much good core stuff going on as far as this is exploring exactly those kinds of questions. Like, what is he now? Like, that's uh-huh. what his own question is to himself. Like, what am I? I I was a guy. I died. My 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 mind is now in this thing. Yeah. What does that mean for me? Like, look at the scene like where he's at his own corpse and he lifts his skull out of where he died. Yeah. And he just stares at it. Th- and then he crushes it. Mov- that's movies. Like the that's like that's movies. what a movie it is. Like that's what that's what movie making it as far as showing you a a person contemplating their own like mortality while holding their skull in their hand. That's fucking Shakespeare. Like that's like <laughs> that's great stuff wow. that you just don't get in other movies. So you like, really love often. this movie. I get it. <laughs> I re- I really love the the work put into yeah. making it feel like more than just another one. Sure. Like it, it there's stuff going on that like I. I can't. I can't say that there's a scene like that, like in in a sci-fi blockbuster where you have an actor that has no dialogue and just stares at his own skull for a second before crushing it. Yeah, like, yeah. Like that's that's compelling. He's stuff. like, I am me now. This is yeah, this so, is the only me now. So like that's what I like about this journey he's on for this movie and presumably going into the next few movies. Yeah, I still like that this movie is very contained. I like sure. that it tells a beginning, middle, and end story. So like. What is he? What does Spider mean? To, I like that. That's a question he has himself. That we have to spend the whole movie with them bonding frequently because right. they are. I mean, yeah. Even if Spider is reluctant to admit that, that's what's happening. Right. Um. We spend the whole movie getting to a point where now the sun's being now Spider's being threatened by Natiri, and what what choices is Corridge going to make in that moment? And is it is it predictable? Perhaps, but it doesn't it doesn't matter to me because I'm wrapped up in the emotional core that is these characters that I care about to varying degrees mm-hmm. and what that choice is going to be. So by the time I see Natiri, who's heartbroken over her own child dying and now is about to threaten this other like kid that's hung around that she's never really cared about right. versus this guy who is the epitome of evil, but also now has complicated emotions like that's cool stuff to me. Like that's so like I appreciate that you have the fact you I think I appreciate that you're given the choice to begin with to have Korich become a better, a more developed villain 
And then and you have to like spend a whole movie with him understanding what it means to have some kind of whatever he wants, what, some kind of soul sure. still that he has to that's, that's figure out. That's point. Yeah, the soul part of it is very interesting because uh, basically that that's just a vessel for him. And again, his mind is not even his own mind, right? His mind is like the old it's, general's mind or c- colonel's mind. It's an old version. Yeah, it's yeah. just, that's neat. That's right. Yeah, it's, it's an old <laughs> like, version. It's not even like current. <laughs> yeah, it, it's the... Like, it's he the, doesn't know how he dies. Like, it's before... Yeah, he has, to, he has to figure this stuff out. Like, it's... <laughs> Like, you know, when they cast him and Sigourney Weaver again, I'm like, okay, I don't know what that's going to be. And then it's like, I love that the movie just gave me the answers. Like, this is how. And I'm like, yeah, all right. I'm into this. Like, it, it, I already liked Stephen Lang in the first film just because it's so, you know, gum, mustache twirling evil. And now he's more complicated. And that's, that's an interesting take. You might be winning me over on, on that character a little bit. Well, let me ask you the, the, the flip side of that, which is Spider Uh decides to save him. After, you know, Jake Sully should have done Jake Sully should have like broken his neck for real um, instead of just like choking him out underwater. But but Spider is just like, well, here's this guy that hesitated for a moment before deciding to like not have me killed. I guess I'll save him, but I won't tell the Sully family that I saved him. Um, well, they'll find out what did, you, <laughs> like the, the next day they will know this <laughs> like, it's well, not, i don't think that's gonna be a mystery that's drawn out very long, okay yeah. well, well let me know what are your extended thoughts on on that particular part of it uh, my thought there it goes to my theory about this whole universe um is that i think and i think cameron believes this i think cameron believes that people are inherently good okay uh, and that's informing every single person in the story, including Quaritch, including the villains. I, I think everyone is inherently good, yet they've been driven to certain directions based off circumstance, context, or what have you. Mm-hmm. And so you have this kid who's rejected his father um, and has now suddenly been forced to be with him for a majority of the film. Right. Um, and that he's a ch- he's you know he's a teenager. He may be looked like this jacked adult, but he's still a, he's he's a, te- a yeah. He's, he's definitely a teenager. Yeah. He's a teenager. <laughs> Um, so uh, I know Ali loves Spider. I thought Spider's fine. Ali was like, Spider rules, and I'm like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) But so, like, you get to this end point, and it's like, well, you know what? His father, who has said to him out loud, I'm not your father, literally gave up um, the one piece of thing he had holding over the Sully's so he could save this kid. Um, the, the least Spider could do is return that favor. Uh, Interesting. I, okay, so like, basically, a completed I, favor because he doesn't. He does. He does screech or like you know, uh, I don't know what. He what, yells fuck. He yells like fuck. Ah, oh, I'm is that what he yells? He yells fuck at him. It's. I believe so. Yeah, uh, but he <laughs> yells at him basically. Like he he's basically saying like I'm not your friend. Oh, at the. I mean, I, okay. When he first I'm saves, talking about spider. He, yeah. Yeah. When at he when, end, when he's yeah. Un, when yeah I know when he's under what when he's consider for, before. He before he brings him to shore, when he's uh-huh. considering whether or not to save him, that's when he yells fuck. Oh, okay, got it, got he's it. He's underwater. Got he's like, at first he passes him, then he comes back, and then he says fuck, and he goes yeah. ah, and he grabs yeah. him and saves. But him. I'm talking after about more that, at the, after he yeah saves later him. at the end, yeah, yeah. later at the end, yeah. Then he does screech at him. He yeah, just, so it's clear that like he's he's he still has complicated feelings, but he might not be on his which side. it should be. I mean, this is a guy that's literally trying to murder his family <laughs> <laughs> and like ex- and help extinguish the Navi. Yeah. You know the people that Spider knows and right. grew up with, and has no reason to be against. Yeah, yet, yeah. Except this, like they seem like they yet, kind of don't want him around sometimes. And yet he's his father. I mean, yeah. Th- that's that's a strong. That's not. That's never not going to be a strong thing to someone like having your own father, like especially someone that he 
has only gotten to know more sure. is that he never knew him to begin with. He didn't like you know he he's he's only heard stories about this man. Now he's and not time the best stories and not the best stories. Now he spent time with him, and while he doesn't agree with the choices he's making, he certainly has a connection there that can't not be there. Okay, so it let alone he's in a Navi body, and it's like that's what like I think it all rounds down to. I think again. I think people are inherently good and I'm excited mm. to see what the arc for Quaritch is throughout the other th- three movies that are still coming. Uh, Cause I Cameron has said I, that he's got five planned, but if three doesn't do well, he's he'll, he, he can end it at three. Guess what? Three's going to do great. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he's going to make four and he's going to make five. Why anyone would still doubt this is ridiculous. <laughs> like, <it's... laughs> I think that he had said like, if it, if two doesn't make a billion or something like that, then he's not sure about what three is going to make. And then he'd be like, he he ended at three, but it's clear that people are watching this movie. Yeah, yeah he's make, he's making all five of these. There's no no question, no question about this whatsoever. I I would agree with you that there there this does add intrigue as to what Corage would do in part two. I'm sorry, part three, and how the rest of that would play out. And I I if it turns into a situation where just like. I'm Navi now, and I get the plight of the Navi. It's like, yeah, let's let's do it. Let's have. Oh, I think that's definitely what the arc is going to be. It's just Jake's arc stretched out over more movies. I think yeah. that's what it is, but it's still fascinating to me yeah. to watch. So Jake is Jake is an interesting character because in this movie he's just like he treats his kids like soldiers, um, which I didn't appreciate. Um, and then he also like uses human weapons. I'm curious your take on on the use of human weapons. He uses them when he can, right? When he has them. Yeah, when he has them, uh, he'll, uh, yeah. he'll use because that's what he's. I mean, gun. he's a soldier. That's what he's trained with. He he's, knows he's how to a use Navi now, Aaron. <laughs> but he know he knows assault rifles, and if he get his hands on them, he's not going to not use them. Like that. Yes, like his, I mean, his wife uses the spears. She's great with them and <laughs> bows and arrows. Like he should and just, bows and arrows. I, I don't know. I was like, maybe he should be better at that stuff. I mean, he's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like he's not the the you know Kaya Khan or whatever the leader of the group. Like he's doing yeah. his part. Uh, he could fly like the best of them and all that stuff. But uh, <laughs> I have no I have no issue with him. I I find it interesting to see him you know being human in this world and incorporating both the you know the fact that he's incorp you know he, he's Navi but he's still you know he's from Earth. Yeah. Like you can't he can't not be from Earth. And like is it off-putting to see him treat his kids like soldiers i guess but like what else does he know he doesn't know it like he doesn't have a father training manual like every father's <laughs> different that's how he's choosing to be he's like this yeah. is the best this is the best i know how to create order like you know how to yes treat people to be a proper like it's you know that you could have a subjective take as far as i wouldn't treat my kids that way that's fine but it's like for his character it makes plenty of sense i mean and I, I guess that, I guess that you know Natiri is not really saying this is not how you should be raising our kids either. So I well, I mean mutual decision, are, I guess. Yes, and also the kids are ostensibly good. Like they're not bad kids at all. So it's like whatever he's been doing, they're like not. Is, yeah, th- th- it's it's worked. Like they they do they respect their parents, which that's right. you know that's important. They uh. they know they know how to do the things that they are capable of doing. Which I mean, there's if being if their if their issue is boys will be boys like that's not a problem that's just boys will be boys <laughs> like, boys will be boys and let me go and like you know kill one of your kids like i'm talking about like the the sea kids like let's go let's go strand him like in the middle of the ocean because they, yeah, yeah they're being dicks you know yeah. <laughs> like, huge dicks that that could have been a major problem if the like that sea shark that space shark killed the boy <laughs> but it didn't <laughs> but... no he's an outcast yeah yeah 
Uh, so much no, the work. shark, the shark. The oh, safety, oh, the safety. shark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we'll, we, we'll talk about Pyacon soon enough, Abe. Space Don't worry. shark. Yeah, versus space whale. I see what you're yeah. saying. We'll yeah. talk. We'll talk about Pyacon. Yeah, <laughs> it's so, happening. Yeah. So I had another spoiler question for you, which uh-huh. is, um, in this movie, it's it's clear that, uh, nobody's really in charge of one water tribe except for you know they're all seemingly solo water tribes, right? It's different tribes, like, yeah. You know. Stripes. At one point, though, Cliff Curtis is like, I told them not to tell them about you, the Sully family, being here. So I want to know, how does he send word to these people? He's not in charge of them. They're all they're all their own chart. They're all their own tribe. So like, I don't even know why you have to include that in the in the dialogue. I mean, what? It's like, <laughs> I would. I don't think it's a hard stretch to think, hey, this guy came here. Let me just send word out to the other tribes. Let me have one of my people, you know, t- hold on to a, one of those flying swim things and head to the <laughs> other islands and give them a word, give them a heads up. Hundreds like, of hey. islands, hundreds of islands. And you're just like, let me let me send word to hundreds of people, hundreds of tribes that like the Jake Sully family is here. And, uh, you know, you're going to you're going to get. Uh, I mean, what are you questioning? The so, idea of people of people communicating? Uh, I mean, I'm questioning, like, why did he even have to, like have to tell them because i think at one point they were just like well these people clearly don't know anything spiders like these people don't know anything and then you know uh quark just like well if i'm gonna have to like go and kill one of these people then i'm gonna have to kill one of these people and they're just like no they don't know anything and it's clear that they all are a different tribe so i don't even know why you have to include it in the dialogue to say that you know uh cliff curtis's character has to say i sent word to tell to have nobody to say anything it's like I'm sure. I mean, I I would assume he's meaning more of like the ones that are close and actually correspond with him on a frequent basis, as opposed to the ones that are you know hundreds of miles away or whatever. I suppose right. I, they have to. I, I mean, there has to be trade within these communities. That's how communities work, right? So it's there has to be a general correspondence line. Yeah, I suppose I'll I'll, I'll grant you that one because I was thinking to myself they're pretty isolated. And I mean, think all... about. I mean, think about the first film when 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 jake sully's like we got to rally all the groups together so we can fight back against the thing and uh-huh. they go to the they go to the ocean they go to different parts of pandora and group people together like that's communicate that's good that's communicating between tribes like they they know they're not close but they know they exist and they look fair. we need your help let's go get your let's go ask some people for, for help fair I mean, fair uh okay so they're not looking for entertainment anymore they're looking for this really this liquid within this the serum i guess Within these uh, god whales, Tolkuns. Uh, yes, thank you. And what happened to Unotanium? Well, nothing. It's just they're in a different part of Pandora. Unotanium oh, still Unotanium. Like that, they built they built that city on rock and roll um, <laughs> over in the other part of Pandora. And where now their presum- mission is not so much about uh, trying to get. Well, it's not there. It's just other humans. Like, to... like there's, uh, you know, it's there's just. I mean, Earth is dead. Like that's their whole thing. Yeah. It's like okay, basically, like, we're, Earth's we're gone, here, so we're just yeah, we're, we're going to come in groups. Exactly. Like, like look at the beginning of the, the movie when the ships start coming in. It's not one ship. It's like a bunch of ships. I know they blow the sh- they blow the hell out of that surface. And so we see, yeah, they built a city, and that's this that city. I assume is still mining for unobtainium, but we're not in the forest anymore. We're yeah. in the ocean, and in the ocean, there's another group of they're whalers. Yeah. They're doing whale stuff. Doing whale but, stuff. I mean, yeah, they're going. They're getting the brain juice that makes people immortal, which is insane. Which <laughs> like, is yes, yeah, okay, all right, okay. I mean, when you say it, it sounds okay, but when they said it in the movie, I was like, what? Um, okay, so anyway, I mean, I mean, there's the 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 Tolkuns are the, the most intelligent thing around. Like, so yeah, get that brain. I mean, this is the, this is the same as Deep Blue Sea. It's like, yeah, let's get the shark brain <laughs> so we can cure Alzheimer's. Is like, that shark swimming backwards? 
Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, Undertaker's not gone. It's just that's not we're not in that part of Pandora anymore. I guess that's fair. Okay, so now I want to ask you about the vision that uh, Kiri has when she's talking to her mother, um, who's also played by Scorny Weaver. And she, she's uh, having this vision in a dream, and Sigourney Weaver kind of like fades out of this, out of the dream. I forget how the dream fully ends. Like I don't know. Well, she has like a, she has like a seizure, so it just kind of like snaps out. Oh, of snaps her. out. So this is like when she's attached to, um, I forget the underwater tree thing. Yeah. Um. So so she has like this vision of of her mother, and it's clear that her that she is part of like this this uh um Awa. Awa, thank you. Yeah, the name of the CD players back in the the two thousands. Exactly that. Um, <laughs> so it's it's clear that she's got this, you know, special birth. And uh, as far as like the the story goes, the story is basically saying that like, the Sullys in took her in. She's not actually there, but they just took her in. Yeah, and she's now a part of like their family, and they don't know actually where she came from. She's basically, you know, again a Jesus child. And I want to know what your thoughts are on just these seizures and how she doesn't have them anymore, but also like, I guess she has special powers. She has special powers necessarily. It's just more of she can control elements of the ocean. And, and I, like I, the, I, the, the I understand. Yeah. I, she's just, she's the most one with nature of everybody. Like that's the best way I can put it, which yeah, I, I agree, which obviously more stories are going to explore. Like it's, you know, it's, it's established her as being this, you know this this uh, product of Awa, just like Anakin Skywalker is a product of the Force. Like, I mean, that's like it's very clear what it's doing sure. as far as the symbolism here. Uh, is, you know, connecting Jesus and what have you. Like, it's I think that's laid on pretty pretty heavily. Yeah. Um. I all I can say is I I find it interesting enough and look forward to seeing what that you know when the movie decides to focus more on Carrie next time around or whenever. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, as far as what's going, like we know that Sigourney Weaver, they tried to put her consciousness into Awa so they can get into another Avatar, which she died in the first movie, and it didn't work. Well, it just worked in a different way. It seems where she exists within the nature, <laughs> and mm-hmm. like it's and it's having some interesting effects on the Navi. Yeah, yeah, you're making me think about like why about some of the things that Jake Kelly is asking about. Or the discussion that Jake has with Kiri about just hearing, um, you know, the 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 heart and how how strong it is, and she says, "I forget what she says, but she's basically I, like I, a strong heart." I, you know, I. It's not as though Cameron's like, "Oh, I forgot to do this." It's just like, ah, yeah, clearly we have a character that's capable of sure. certain things, and we'll explore that when we to- when we choose to. Yeah. Uh, not a whole lot of the spoilers because there's not really a ton here, but just it's more... not a spoilery movie. It's just yeah, like, exactly. Things happen, yeah, just like, things happen a, that that you probably it's not does it's not a wrapped around a mystery yeah, box in exactly. any way. It's just not like, not like Les Onion, which we'll get to in a second here. But um, mm-hmm. just in terms of, I guess you guys probably talked about this too. But like where where do you go from here? Like what happens? What do you think is going to happen in three? Uh, what I you know partially what I like is that I don't know. Yeah. Um, I I'm excited by the fact that it could go anywhere, and I'll be. I, I look forward to just embracing that because why not? Um, I know Cameron has recently said that they, there's this, there's a fire race of Navi they want to explore called I the Ash People. Thinking that there was going to be a fire and then an Earth race. <laughs> I um 
I I look I I I'd, lo- I'd love to see just more of these Navi communities and what separates them, what have you. Like I thought I found the water people to be interesting as far as having like tails that are evolved so they can swim better in water and you know they're they have like a left like a, their left or right whatever their dominant arm is is bigger than the other because that's the one they hold on to the animal. Like right, there's just right. stuff like that that's cool where it's just like that's so like every detail about the world is there yeah absolutely like, if you have if you have a question for about pandora cameron knows how to answer that question for you <laughs> like yeah, it's just i would agree yeah. so as far as what's next like yeah we'll get more of whatever quartz is going through um i'll be curious what because i assume we're not just going to stay with the water people i'll be curious what it is that brings jake sully and friends to another tribe jake or another sully part of pandora <laughs> like i want to know what that is going to be yeah um so yeah like yeah i just I, I don't I don't know what that plot's going to be, but I expect more than just Korich has another nasty plan to come after Jake Silly. I'd like to think there's other things on Cameron's mind as far as what to do. I hope that it's not like I hope that three is not filler for four and then four is not filler for like. No, so like what it's from 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 what I understand, what Cam from what Cameron said, three there is a closure to whatever's going on. Yeah. Like if okay. if the if it really did stop at three, like there's closure. Yeah. But in general, three, four, and five are, and two, three, four, and five are all supposed to be movies where you can just kind of jump in and be like, "And here's another story of Avatar." Okay, like, so it is. They're, 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 they're all they're all designed to be contained films that just mm-hmm. happen to have characters that bridge the gaps. So, which I completely respect. Like, I mean, dude's making his own universe. <laughs> like, yeah, it's it's hard to do these things. Yeah, <laughs> like, like you've seen a spectacular failure with the Dumbledore series, like a uh, Fantastic Beast series, I should say. Yeah, he's, so. he's building a universe not based on anything beyond. I just like cool stuff in Pandora. <laughs> like yeah. that's it, and There's that's no book. why I have There's to no give comic. him a ton like... of credit, right? Because again, it's all just like things that we're we're seeing James Cameron's mind play out in real time here, and that's fascinating, right? Um, so yeah, I have a yeah. Go ahead. I have a question for you. Um, we've talked about some of these, you know, these Navi characters. But what did you think of Pyacon, the coolest space whale there is, befriending the younger brother and them just having the time of their life together? First of all, those whale things are are I, Tolkoons. I yeah. <laughs> or, what I'm sorry, say again? The Tolkoon. The the Tolkoons are incredible imaginative characters. Because you think to yourself, like, oh yeah, we think of whales as majestic creatures here on this planet, you know, on our own. You know, I I love blue whales. One of the part of the reasons why I love blue whales is like nobody actually even knows like what they do. Like yeah. <laughs> they they just like show up, you know, to get some some oxygen and then just go back down. And people don't know who their natural predators are. People don't know if like they're predators. Nobody even knows how many blue whales there are in the world because like they just like are very rare, rare sightings. You saying this is like making me smile. Yeah, <laughs> I love it's, so, like, it's so wild yeah, to me. People, yeah. people who know me are just like Abe, Abe loves blue whales. Like, if I could be reincarnated into anything, I'd be reincarnated into a blue whale. Um, <laughs> for all the reasons that I just named. But, you know, part of why the Tullacoons are such an incredible thing is because not only does Cameron say, like, here's this, like, you know, this whale-like, godlike creature that can communicate with the Navi and, like, have their own, like, spiritual pathway, but also, let me just, like, swallow you whole, like, like Jonah or like Pinocchio and Geppetto, and let me help you understand who I am by letting you like fuse into my membranes in my in my like sink secret sanctorum. I was like, wh- who would have fucking thought of this shit? You know, like this is incredible, like 
like patchwork from like all these elements here. You know, having Cliff Curtis as a you know this water water Navi is already incredible because of like you know Cliff Curtis being a New Zealander who has uh, Maori connections, Maori, yeah. right? So that's incredible already. But then also just like okay, great. Some of these like uh uh Tokat, what are they called? Tolkoon. Tolkoons. Some of these Tolkoons have like beautiful like spiritual native drawings tattoos on their bodies like i don't know is there like a whale tattoo artist like in, in the deep somewhere i don't know but it, it's pretty great just the way that he was able to create these creatures that a are majestic but also b serve a huge purpose because i love that their backstory well you know again kind of just like um given as like a side uh from i think from cliff or from from kate Winslet's character it's like, hey, one at one time they were warring, and then, you know what? They just decided nobody's gonna war anymore, so they all decided to be peaceful. And again, that's why it's devastating when one of them gets whaled. But then the other thing that's really fascinating about it is like, well, there's like this this untapped potential for like you know uh, incredible power that could be seen, that is seen by uh, one of them here, but then also maybe like an entire band of them, uh, in in th- in movie three. Where they decide to like you know take out you know half the world or what have you, it, it's pretty incredible. I just I love that they are characters, specifically Pyacon, the outcast whale. Yeah, like yeah. it's not just like an animal; it's this thing talks and commun. Like it's yeah. a character in the movie. <laughs> like it's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome that it gets multiple action sequences in the end, along with the other characters to fucking kick ass. Like yeah. it's great. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's alluded to that like you know from Jermaine Clement's character being like these guys are probably smarter than we are. Yada yada. And it's like yeah, it's it's seen later when Pyacon is that what is that what the yes. name is Pyacon decides to attack these vessels and he knows that he's armor plated you know so yeah, he let can me... reflect a spear off his head exactly. to destroy the ship because <laughs> he knows that he's got armor plating and he knows how to like strategically get these ropes so that he can go and like destroy this fleet of uh these fleet of vehicles that have that have uh ruined his life but also like now his now friend's life so yeah pretty pretty incredible stuff from Cameron and just being like let me show you how my brain works. I was like, yeah, it's pretty cool, man. So yeah, the the, the Tolkien rule. Um, yeah, I, they, I they really do. Yeah, I, I look forward to them like. Getting I look forward to them something. like fucking up the humans in like the next movie, like just yeah. like full on. They find out how to get on land, and they're like, "Oh no, <laughs> Edie Falco's there in her mech." Like, oh, we're screwed. <laughs> no, they send their cousins the dolphins. So it's gonna be a Simpsons episode. <laughs> oh boy. Um. But yeah, I, I, everything about the Tolkien's rocks. Yeah, uh, I agree. I yeah, like you know, the open ocean itself is a pretty scary place, and it's pretty cool to to have Cameron say, "This is why there is like this reef barrier," and also again, here's how you can survive, um, as a Navi, uh, in in this world. And as I'm doing that, I'll like invent technology to make underwater motion capture look yeah. spectacular. And, <laughs> and again, like if I can speak about the filmmaking again to just, you know, the nth time from the nth person, what is spectacular about it is that it's so seamless. And again, I, I acknowledge that he had five plus years to work on this, but still the idea that he's just like, let me switch from, I guess, CG to digital effects to, um real life you know people underwater like so quickly like it's incredible like, the the scene that I'm, I'm thinking about specifically is like 
there's these these uh whaling harpoon type ships mm-hmm. and they're going after the kids well the kids themselves are motion capture the world around them is all computer computer generated graphics they're not shoot- some of it was shot underwater but you know like there's no like large plank kelpton uh plank kelpton uh what kelp plankton that he's shooting you know what i mean yeah and then all of a sudden it shoots into like these two people that are like escape the eject the pie because we're, we're gonna drown and you're like this is so seamless the way that he's doing it like it's yeah incredible. there's no yeah there's, I, there's <laughs> like it, yeah. I, I again like my brain is just i'm like, so glad that james cameron does good blu-ray stuff when he actually puts out stuff because i'm like i'm fascinated how him. this yeah I'm, I'm fascinated how this works <laughs> like i right. need to see these special features to understand this better <laughs> yeah like there's just a lot of a lot of between this between like the the seams and what have you that like we as filmgoers probably will never think about, but even filmmakers themselves are probably not obsessing over it the way the camera obsesses over things. So again, a technical technological <clears throat> excuse me, technological achievement for sure. And that's why as much as I thought that the writing was like lackluster to my ears, um I cannot fault it in a way that is like you cannot see this in in any way other than 3D IMAX, the way that James Cameron wanted you to see this. And well, like, you know, like you could even if you weren't feeling the movie, you could just go out and use the bathroom, get a bucket of popcorn, come back and, and just watch it for the spectacle that it is. Well, well, keep asking me highly specific questions about things about the movie. I'll win you over as far as the story goes. Um, <laughs> Avatar is currently in theaters and IMAX. I think we both say obviously go see it in those formats because it rocks uh, in that manner. Um, the the movie's. um made 1.4 billion dollars in less than 20 days um so good good on you yeah for that one james cameron the craziest thing was seeing the third weekend initially was reported as dropping zero percent from the previous weekend incredible and then and then today they're like oh wait we were wrong it actually gained six percent in the third weekend <laughs> so it's just wow. making money yeah because because despite what uh, the internet might tell you uh people love avatar <laughs> right. they just want to see this in a theater um, and I, again i i they you should see it in the theater and yeah, it's <laughs> it's just it's just james cameron kind of just being james cameron and and showing you things that you did not think were possible and here he is just being like i love the ocean i love movies i love technology i'm an engineer at heart and here's my engineering brain but at the same time like i don't know like some of that engineering brain sometimes doesn't translate into like characters that i i can fully latch on to or, or dialect that i can fully latch on to but I don't, I don't really fault him for that. So, like, it, it's an IMAX 3D movie for sure. Even though I have some flaws with it. All right, so we've talked a lot about Avatar: Colon, The Way of Water. <laughs> Let's move on now. Let's talk about Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery. Alongside and underneath the parquet, you've been charged with a serious task, because tonight, in this very room, a murder will be committed. My murder. You will have to closely observe the crime. Consider what you know about each other. Know that across the island, I've hidden clues. Some may be helpful, some may misdirect. That's for you to determine. But if anyone can name the killer, tell me how they achieved the murder, and most importantly, what was the motive? That person wins our game. Any questions? Uh, wait, wait, what do we win? 
I, what do you mean, what do you, what do you, what do you want? No, no, nothing. I just, I, I, I just thought maybe there was a prize or something. I, I, an iPad or like. Okay, fine. Yeah, no, no, the winner gets an iPad. Okay, so that should have been the clip from Glass Onion called a Knives Out Mystery. We should just start calling Glass Onion calling a Benoit Blanc Mystery. We know, we all know yeah. that's what he wanted it Why to not? be. It's just, it's just SEO that have, that sure. Netflix has to play with. Um, so, uh, myself and friend of the show Brandon Peters talked about this movie back when it came out for its week release um, during the Thanksgiving holiday. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, because Netflix hates money, they put it out of theaters, so we had to wait till Christmas. That's to not the reason. <laughs> that's uh, that must be it. Because why else would you take a movie that's this successful <laughs> that clearly made money uh, <laughs> away from people to see it more? Uh, but regardless, uh, Brandon and I were big fans of the film. I certainly like it quite a bit. I th- I thought for me, I thought it was an improvement over the first film. But I want to know, Abe. Uh, where are you with Glass Onion as a whole? And um, then we can dive in more into what happened. Yeah, that. we'll dive into more spoilers for sure. And you've answered a question that I was going to ask you, but I did not think it was better than The Knives Out the first, but I still really enjoyed it. Like, I think that it is a really good original piece of of cinematic uh, whodunits. Because um, I think that there is like an element of it hit me first, you know, like the first wave of, oh, this is a novel idea of, of a murder mystery. And that's why I think Knives Out still I, I also am a big fan of originals, um, as Aaron has as uh, he's well aware. You no, know, if he if you were to ask me what my favorite John Wick series is, I'd probably say one, two, three. Um, and Aaron might be three, two, one, uh, no, two, one, three. two, one, three. OK, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I have like a fondness for original things, except for maybe like in the first, in the first uh, Star Wars trilogy, where I'd probably choose Empire first and then A New Hope and then uh, Return of the Jedi. But as far as like this movie goes, I thought that it was a really well done, like whodunit murder mystery. And I, I really appreciate that what a lot of good movies of this caliber do, which is if they're smart they will include you in on it and will have you go along with the ride. I think sometimes where people where where some of these movies falter is they become a little bit too quote unquote smart for their own good. And they don't include you in them. A person who is also really good at these types of movies is a man named Steven Soderbergh, um, who will include you in on the mystery of things. And in doing so, it elevates your increased, uh, your engagement with it, but also it, it increases your, um, I guess your love for this movie. So when I'm watching this movie, like I was like, oh, well, it seems pretty straightforward. Like, I don't, I don't know what, what's going to happen here. And then in the middle of the movie, it plot twists you and you're just like, oh, um, there is a murder mystery here, but it's not the one that you were playing for the first hour. <laughs> like it's actually a different murder mystery altogether, which we'll, we'll describe more, but I really enjoyed it for what it was doing from a characterization standpoint give me more of Benoit Blanc, you know, a character that I think everybody has grown to love, but also it gives you the sense of, I, I care for a select character in this movie now more than I did before. Um, and as it reveals itself, you're just like, this movie could not have been more well-timed. Like, I don't know how they timed this with the Elon Musk Twitter fiasco, but it is just appropriately timed for what it is. And again, Ryan Johnson being a, a writer director, like, he's always been doing movies like this. Aaron and I love brick. 
Um, and Ryan Johnson just being the, this guy who loves murder mystery novels, I, I cannot express to him how much more I would love to see more of these types of movies. So with that, let's dive into spoilers, unless you want to give me a recap of your thoughts. I, I just that, like, for one thing, it's splitting hairs as far as which one yeah, I, I like I more. Agree, yeah. I, I prefer this one, but exactly. I give them both it's like... It's not even like by a lot. It's by like the slimmest of margins. Yeah, I gave it like the same... They gave it the same score. It's just if I was going to choose one, I'd choose this one just for, you know, minor reasons or what sure. have you. Like the, the chief one being that I knives, you know, it it hardly matters, in the you know, now because like I've seen the movie multiple times. It's like it's not like I still, you know, need it's not like I'm still going to be surprised by what happens. But knives out, I just I was never not convinced it was Chris Evans um, <laughs> where this was laid to the set. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but where this movie, like for one thing, I like that it takes an hour before you find out what needs to be solved to begin with yeah. and that it has more going on and even if i could like narrow down who i believe is involved i thought there might be multiples involved like i just wasn't sure. i was less sure about what was going on which i appreciated yeah that's ultimately what i think it comes down to but regardless they're just both wildly entertaining movies of great cast <laughs> so, yes like, exactly the casting in this is is i think part of the reason why it works so well is both of the casts are very fun and also you like some people but you like some people more but you also maybe like dislike some people um, but yeah, let's dive into this one. Um, so Knives Out, or I'm sorry, uh, Glass Onion here, uh, which I'm sure you and Brandon talked about. Which I haven't listened to the episode, but you guys probably discussed that there is a twist in this. And the twist is that Janelle Monae is playing two characters. So we danced around this because yeah. we barely talked about Janelle Monae because it's so hard to reference hard her without to do, yeah. getting into what's going on with her character. And yes, the fact that the, the, the interesting thing I find about this is beyond the fact that Janelle Monae is very good playing two, you know, a dual role, essentially. Yeah. Um, there's been so much talk about Edward Norton's character being this like Elon Musk and megalomaniacal character, but it's like, well, for one thing, it's not like Elon Musk is like, you know, has a monopoly on being an insane billionaire. Like there's a lot of insane tech billionaires out there and that's what the character is, what Miles Braun is. He's a lot of, he's an amalgamation of a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we saw, we saw like, um, the dropout recently and that was about Elizabeth Holmes. And again, there's just a lot of that going on in Silicon Valley. There's that, there's, there's, there's obviously like he's dressed as jobs at one point. Um, he's dressed as Tom Cruise Magnolia, which is the funniest thing. TJ Mackey. But, I mean, yeah. but the thing that gets me, it's like people want us to focus on the Elon Musk thing, but it's, and then like, I think you know, just the timing like, of it is, but, is but, really but well yeah, I know. But then act like, you know, like a twin thing is dumb, but it's like, well, who's another tech billionaire that happened to screw over a couple of twins? Fucking Mark Zuckerberg. Like, I mean, it's not <laughs> hard to make these connections, guys. Like, I agree. Like, yeah. it's like, it's like a oh, twin. That's so cliched. It's like, this literally happened in life yeah. like, not long ago. So, yeah. so like, I, yeah, the fact that there's a twin twist in here, it's like, well, that's fun for one thing because that's always fun. Why not? Yeah, it's always good. Who cares? Uh, but, but it, yeah, I, you know, we have Benoit Blanc, who's like our, you know, He's our our guy, like our connection, our connected to our connected to this franchise or what have you. Yeah. Uh, but then you, much like in the first film with the Armas, now you have Monet uh, as ostensibly the character you're supposed to care about the most. And yeah, I think it works really well as far as peel, you know, it's an onion peeling back the layers and revealing <laughs> more about like what's going on with this character, where you have a whole hour of her being fairly stoic, and then you get why. And I I found yeah. I thought that was. Great choice. I thought that was a great choice too because I was thinking exactly what you were thinking, which is like, is Janelle Monet just playing this? Like, is she supposed to be like this stone cold bitch character? Because it's it's kind of working because I, I guess I know that she doesn't like anybody here, but also like it feels like she's not having any fun in this movie. And then all of a sudden you're like, 
no, she is having fun because that's actually not Janelle Monet, the original character. She's the sister of it, which is a very fascinating aspect of it, which I I found more compelling when you understood what was happening about this character and how she has to like, you know, read up on who her sister was and become this person that she isn't really because she's a school teacher from Alabama. And I thought that, that was really fun. And and then I felt like that I felt the fear as well, right? I felt the this strange sense of like I wanted to protect this woman because she's an innocent bystander, uh, by by all accounts, uh, in this in this uh weird, you know, deceptive game that Miles is playing. Um, what I what I also like about this um, is the fact that Ryan Johnson very much knows how to not cheat. Um, Explain, especially especially when watch. I've seen it a couple times now, but okay. like th- obviously, like you you can't just like automatically figure. It, I mean, you. I mean, I guess if someone's really that astute, they probably could figure it out. Ben Wallace like, could figure it out. Yeah, but like there's there's nothing going on here that feels like the movie's cheating me out of the experience or like yeah, making it, making making me. Um, you know, fooling me in a way that's like impenetrable. Uh, there is loads of clues all over the place. Like, everything there can be solved. It's just a matter of letting the movie solve that for you, which is what a movie's do. Like, that's what a movie's doing. Again, it's like, like you were what you were saying. Like you're in on you're in with it. It's yeah. not too smart for its own good. Exactly. Like it's it knows how to present things a certain way and then recontextualize them later on. So you're like, oh, well, this there's nothing wrong with it. It all completely adds up. It was right there in front of me the whole time. I just didn't yeah. think about it this way. So by having Monet, for example, playing, you know, two characters, like, yeah, it, it inform. it's a, it's a great way of informing how yes. to, how, how to, how to bring certain things full circle um, and still make you feel, you know, rewarded for getting there without feeling like the movie, like broke something to make that happen. Yeah. I would agree with you because there's a certain it's not even like a a, a certain balancing act to it. It's just that Johnson is, is very adept at doing this because, again, you think of a movie like like Death of the Nile, which you and I both saw, which we were OK with. Mm-hmm. Um, and that movie is not very fun in what it's trying to set up. And even like the reveal, the revelation of everything is not very fun because you weren't there with it the whole time. I think it was trying to be more of like a who done it. Like you you try and figure out audience and like, oh no, here's how it really played out. And you're just like, eh. And the the issue with that one is that it has what's his face? Mustache man, uh, Hercule Hercule Pluro. Academy Award um, winner. Uh, uh I forget his name right now too. It's, it's I don't believe he does have an Academy Award for one. I think he's been nominated. No, he but... won for best original screenplay for for uh oh that's right he did win there for that fucking yeah. movie. Um, that's why i was like what yeah but what is his name fucking rana yeah kenneth rana yeah um <laughs> i know now you're cut up on him being being an academy award winner so i apologize yeah. that, for belfast i know uh, yeah. but what that problem there was that perros just his whole strategy was i'll accuse you of this and that's then right. he repeats that like multiple times it's like well, and yeah, he's you're wrong. bound to get her. You're bound to get it right well, eventually. <laughs> exactly. Fucking broke, broken clock, man. Okay. Yeah. Um, but this, like, in but, regards to this film, that I mean, that's why I think Daniel Craig. I also think he's. It's not like he's bad or anything in the first movie, but I, I like how they improve upon him here because we follow him more directly this time around. Yes. Yeah. And even then, it's still playing a trick on us because he knows more than we know already. Right. So he's more like a Columbo figure in this film, which I definitely appreciate. <laughs> um, but even that, like he gets to play with his own personality where he knows he can use his southern language to like mess with Miles. Yes. While, 
and create distractions, which he actually like admits to in the movie. The script writes it yeah. out, and I was like, "That's cool." Yeah, so it's that's just really fun stuff. Yeah, like, I agree with really you. Good. And there's there's a lot of of I haven't rewatched it a second time in full. I've only seen clips, and I've also seen Ryan Johnson talk about it. You know, breaking down scenes and what have you for Vanity Fair. But I I really enjoy that there are slick aspects of it that you're like, if you picked up on it, you would you would know that something's amiss. You know what I mean? Like Janelle mm-hmm. Monet kind of walking funkily to her to her bungalow. Yeah. Um, that's fun. But then even even the scenes in which you suspected nothing else, I enjoy when you see uh uh, who's the wrestler guy? Dave Batista. Dave Batista. Kind of like figuring out that like you know his girlfriend's like you know he's trying to do something with his girlfriend, but the the first time the camera cuts in the background, you see you see Benoit Blanc by himself. The second time it cuts is like it's a fun sequence because Janelle Monáe is there with him. You know they're both in, on this trying to clue things out together. Um, so it's not so much that you have to pay attention all the time. It's more that even though you pay attention, it's actually more fun when you pay attention the second time. Um, and I would say that there's a specific scene where Miles is mixing up a drink, where yeah. I, I was like, I know what I saw, but then the movie shows you something else, and you're like. Maybe I did see it that way. And when and you then, watch it the second time, you definitely like you see what the movie does yeah. right, right away. But then <laughs> the movie also it, the movie tells you a third time that's actually not exactly what you saw at all. You saw it right the first time. You should have believed yourself. And I was like, "You sneaky movie!" Because <laughs> I was like, "Ryan Johnson, you son of a bitch!" Like you showed me what you did the first time, and I believed myself. And then you showed me, or Miles, or I'm sorry, uh, yeah, Miles. Was like no, that's not what happened. Here's how I did it. And I was like, I was like, maybe that is how I did it. And then they showed you the real time again. It's like you guys are, you guys are just having a good time with this. So I agree. There, there's like a whole lot there in terms of just um, camera play that the camera can do for you. Now I want to ask you. Uh huh. So the movie is basically Miles is the killer. Um, was that anticlimactic for you? I wouldn't say so. Okay. Um, I. What I appreciate is that it didn't just it doesn't just repeat what Knives Out did for one thing. Yeah. Um, it has 100%. a different approach. It has, yeah, it has a different approach to understanding like you know the why done it as well as the who done it, mm-hmm. and you know then the kind of what that reaction's supposed to be. Um, and it's less about like it was you know was I blown away that it was Edward or no, but I mean yeah. it's not it's not operating in that kind of level where it's supposed, you know, the, the entire movie like redirects itself because we suddenly have an understanding of who's responsible for things. It's more of this is the next development. And now we have to go from here, you know, to figure out like, how do we, how do we solve the bad guy angle here? So I like that instead of just focusing on, it was him all along, arrest him. Now it's, it was him all along and we have to deal with him. Okay. And then it gets into this whole thing with the Mona Lisa that I really enjoyed. So it's like, yeah, I, I didn't find an answer on that because I, I appreciated that the movie had more steps to go beyond just solving the who part. Yes. Yeah, we're on the same page. Um, tell me more about the Mona Lisa. What you liked about that? I I like how it's set up early on and it becomes this annoying presence because of the alarm system that's and, involved. And like it. the sound. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. It's very shocking. Like every time, like yeah, it, yeah. and very deliberate and very irritating. Uh, and so you wonder like what role could this possibly play? Cause you're probably not thinking by the end of this movie, Ryan Johnson is going to destroy the Mona Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> right. And sure enough, that is the ultimate solution to this movie, yeah. which is, which is so like, it's the kind of thing where it's absurd because it's supposed to be. 
And I've heard the complaint that this movie's like absurd when the first film was more serious. I'm like, did you watch the first movie? Like, first movie is pretty absurd. It is pretty. It's very yeah. silly. It has a ki- a climax where Chris Evans like stabs her with a fake knife, and then we hear the sound. Of Not only that, but I mean, like, it has like um, oh, oh, there's more. I, yeah, yeah. There's more. you have a character who throws up when they lie. I mean, there's <laughs> a lot of absurd nonsense in that. I know, first but movie. I was just like the, the the other absurd thing, which is like the gimmick of the movie, which is like a great grandmother being like. Ransom? Is that you again? If you didn't key on the term again, you would have gotten you would have gotten it all wrong. So yeah. Anyway, these movies are designed to be lighthearted fun. Right. Like so, it's so yeah. By by this movie, I by get to this end point where the police is destroyed. Yeah. I I thought that's such a fun like. How else would you take down a tech billionaire? You'd have to like associate it with something so grand. And this is exactly what that would be. Like, that's great. Like, that's really fun. Yeah. That's a really fun way to go. I thought it was a well done uh, play of it too. And especially the way that Miles or the, the, the FU sequence of the movie, which is like, you've always wanted to be associated with this. Now you will be, which is great. But I also liked how they brought it up and saying, well, the Mona Lisa, this is, I think Miles is talking about this. The Mona Lisa is a very complex portrait. Like sometimes you can see it staring at you and following you, but is it happy? Is it sad? And it's like, this is a very complex thing for a lot of the characters in this movie as well, which I appreciated that they kind of took the time in tying it together with. Um, but I wanted to I, ask you. Yeah, go ahead. I, I, li- I like that stuff. But at the same time, I like, I like that Daniel Craig just sees through so much of Miles like yeah. immediately. Immediately, yeah. Where... You know, there there's some meaty conversations, sure, but there's also like him talking about what disruptors are, and the movie presents it like Edward Norton saying something that's really important. And I and I think Edward Norton's great in this movie too, by the way, because I think he's playing very much with image, um, in a way that's effective. Yeah. But I like that Daniel Craig later on calls out his like whole thing about disruptors and whatnot. It's like, you know, it's like it's uh, elementary at best. Like he did, like the movie's like tried to make you think that Miles is intellectual, and Daniel Craig's just like. No, this guy's dumb. Like, yeah. there's no, there's nothing. There's, it's all very shallow thoughts. It's all yeah. pretty, you know, high school philosophy. Like, there's nothing <laughs> here. Like, and I think like the the one of the funnier parts of it too, and while it's being revealed, is he's basically saying like, the smartest part about your plan was that I told you how to run that plan. So, yeah. So it's like, <laughs> you son of a bitch. You know, like, uh, like nothing for you, nothing is original for you. Everything is stolen. So there's mm-hmm. just a great sense of, again, humor, but also, again, uh, if you take that into the real world, there's always been somebody who has stood on the shoulders of giants and, you know, capitalized upon, upon that to some degree, um, which we've alluded to earlier in this conversation. Mm-hmm. But I had a question for you just around Mo- Noah Segan. Um, oh yeah. I mean, great. I'm sure you guys talked about him. I, I, I assume that you guys liked him in this yeah. movie. Uh, but what was his, what was his main thing? He's just working out some stuff. <laughs> That's it. He's, so on, he's, he's just, just a guest. He's just like a guest house or he, he's, yeah. He's okay. just, that, as Miles says, he's just, that's Daryl. He's just working out some stuff. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> he's just on the island. <laughs> he's, he's working out some things. <laughs> I I know that Noah Segan's in all of Ryan Johnson's movies, as is uh, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Joseph Gordon-Levitt as, as Hourly Dong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, is Noah Segan really just going to be this guy who hangs out here? But yeah, he I'm is. not here. Yeah. <laughs> like, do you want to hang out? <laughs> so, really good stuff here. Uh, were there any surprise cameos that you really enjoyed the most? Oh, all of them were fun. I... I... <laughs> 
<laughs> the like he, the Hugh Grant was obviously very the whole Benoit Blanc on Zoom with Stephen Sondheim, Angela Lansbury, Natasha Leone, yeah. and Kareem. Like it's that just was like fun. A, it's like of course that would be his. It's Zoom very, it's very group. relatable, by the way. I don't have I don't have dinner parties with those kind of caliber guests, but you know not during anymore. the pandemic you're just like yeah not anymore. But during the pandemic, definitely where there's just like times where I was just like in bed, we'd have video chat and I'd just be like, hey, this is just me. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'm okay. You know what I mean? Uh, it's, it's like that's that's like it's all fun. Like, you know, Ethan Hawke stepping. I was going to ask you, like, minutes. what about Ethan Hawke? Like, yeah. like, it's just fun. Like, it's like I like that the movie Serena Williams. What I like is that. You know, and we talked about this a bit on the other show, but like Ryan Johnson, like they got paid just an absurd amount of money for both for the next two Knives Out movies, over 400 million. And it's like, yeah, and it's I like that the first hour is devoted to like practically making fun of that aspect where it's like, yeah, we got like a, you know, uh, the movie's still the same budget as the first movie. It's just they got paid basically the back end in advance. But like, I like that they are essentially using like Netflix as a platform to be like, Look how like look at our our change in scale that we have now. We can have robots carrying luggage in and have Ethan Hawke <laughs> appear for a minute because why not? Like it's it's like that's that feels like fun. I never thought of it that way actually. But yeah, it feels like a fun a in point. joke on the fact that like we got paid an absorbent amount of money so we can show it off in this film. Yeah, with, uh, being a film about tech billionaires and whatnot. That's actually pretty. That's a that's an astute point. I want to ask you about these cast of characters. Not everyone individually. But just more of, was there any at at one point? Was there anything uh, that you thought about? It was like it's it's a few of them. Well, I thought Dave, I thought it, I thought Dave Batista would be involved. Um, okay, like and, with Miles or just like uh, separate with Miles. Okay, yeah. Um, and then it's like, well, that just seems too obvious. And it's like, well, of course he dies because he's also, he's also like the worst technically <laughs> of all of them. <laughs> so he's this very like pro agro male voice well, he's a on, men's on... rights activist yeah, exactly. guy so it's like yeah he's yeah. the like like and so is miles he's just less out about it basically sure. <laughs> so yeah. it's so it's like well yeah of course you kill him like he's the worst guy over here <laughs> so that makes sense so like when that happened i kept thinking well leslie odom doesn't have a whole lot to do here maybe he's involved in some ways but yeah, yeah that's kind of that, that's like that's like the minor stuff I pick apart as yeah. far as what sets it back a bit, where it's like, it seems like Catherine Hahn and Leslie Odom Jr., they're certainly good doing what they're doing, but they just don't seem to have a whole lot to do by comparison. That's that they're less saying. They're less outwardly expressive characters compared to Kate Hudson or, um, or Batista yeah. or Edward Norton, where those are just obviously, you know, big, big personalities. Right. So they have a lot to, to throw out. I was going to say for Leslie Odom in particular, he's got a lot of like facial acting to do, which he does. I, yeah. I liked. Yeah, the only person that I thought was like, oh, I think this person might be in on it is Peg, who's played by Jessica Henwick. So yeah, like, she's I the... never really in the scene with anybody. It's like she's got to be a part of this. That's what I was wondering too. It's like, and that movie's obviously it's setting up. You know, it wants you to think this. Way. It wants you to like, think about this in every scene. It's yeah. like who's going to be doing something. Like so, right. it's like you don't have her there by accident. But right. again, you you know, red herrings and what have you. <laughs> exactly. So on the whole, though, I liked it. I liked that they had. I like that Ryan Johnson was like, hey. You guys should do a theatrical run, and uh, you guys will never know. And it, it did pretty well. And you know, Netflix is like that's not really our 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 uh, our market. But I I guess Ryan I I hope that their take I hope their takeaway is that we should do this longer next time that they, they can really plan it out more. Because yeah. yeah, that movie made a good chunk of money in a in one week, uh, right. which is which shouldn't I think be it was a like surprise. even less than it was like six days, right? In theaters, 
something, whatever. Yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't long. And exactly. I mean, it made a good chunk of money, which makes sense because the first movie was a huge hit, an yeah. original hit, no less. So, like, yeah, of course, audiences want to see the next one. Exactly. Like, they like the first one. <laughs> exactly. Give so I, what I they hope, want. I hope they were like, you know what? Now that we have years to plan this out, yeah, like, we can actually make a marketing strategy and have a theatrical, a proper theatrical release that lasts more than a week. Which before. is which is very fascinating because given the pandemic and how people were like, well, we should do streaming because the audience might not, we don't have the audience for it anymore, but they, they will be available streaming. Let me ask you a question. You've seen this twice now, or at least a few uh, times. Did you I've watch twice, this yeah. once in theaters and then once at home? Yes, I saw it the Thanksgiving week with my dad the first time. He also re- he had a okay. great time with it. Uh, and then I watched it over the holiday with my uncle and my grandmother, and they both really liked it too. So one of them was like with a theater and the other one was at home, which is still with yes. like few people. Did you think that this movie plays better with an audience? Oh, it put, yeah, I, it, put, it plays great regards because the movie's designed to be crowd-pleasing. But yeah, it, the audience, they were people were having a great time. It yeah. was a lot of, you know, the, you know, the jokes landed, the mystery, like you can tell, you can feel it in the air that people were having a good time watching the movie. Yeah. I, I would agree with you. And this goes back to our, the whole entire discussion we just had about Netflix, which is this. I watched this with an audience as well. They also had a really good time. Like you could hear the laughs where the laughs were, but also laughs where laughs were like light. light. I was like, oh, yeah, I guess that is kind of funny. Um, but it, it really plays well. Like this is a very like adult movie. You know what I mean? Not an adult in like triple X rated. I understand. But more just like this is a, it came out during Thanksgiving, which is traditionally a time where people are home. So what does well, like movies that have a wide appeal, but also like children's and maybe animation movies. And people came to, came to see this movie. It was pretty incredible. Just what it did. So I have like, I'm of two minds of it, which is the Netflix. I get your strategy and I get that the pandemic has kind of changed the way that movies should be released, but also Movie should be made for theaters, man. I mean, yeah, I'm not going to argue with that, especially. I mean, <laughs> and we just talked about white noise, and it's like that's a movie that I would be fascinated to see what the audience reaction is there, because it's like if the jokes land differently or whatnot. Like, it, yeah, just... I, I feel like people would have had a multitude of different takeaways, uh, mm-hmm. which is incredible. But um, anyway, for for Glass Onion, though, I think that this one was a Beatles song, right? Yes. Um, and then Knives Out was a Stone song. Yes. Where do you think he's going next? Weezer? <laughs> Weezer. Um <laughs> those those legendary bands, yeah. the Rolling Stones, the Beatles. Weezer's the been around for a while. <laughs> and and clearly comparable with the Rolling Stones and the Beatles. <laughs> They're rock gods. Come on. <laughs> um I don't know. Um I thought you have to know. Guns and Roses. Why not? That'd be incredible. Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. Yeah. Welcome to the jungle. I, uh, regardless, it's, yeah. Well, they they like they like making these. Clearly, Daniel McCraig's having a blast making these movies. He's having an absolute blast. Like, it's why wouldn't clear. he? He gets to, he gets to not work out and exactly dress in fancy costumes. Like, it's great. And throw in an accent. He loves <laughs> yeah. doing accents. Have you not yeah. listened to Daniel Craig's interviews? Go listen <laughs> to him with that. Uh, what was that movie with Channing Tatum? Where uh, Logan Lucky? Yeah, Logan, another Soderbergh movie. He he loves doing accents. <laughs> yeah, let him do. Let this man live. You know, he's he's already married to like a beautiful wife. You know, let this man live. Yeah, I, whatever Johnson wants to do next with this series, I'm I'm all for. Yeah. Do you know how many like... he's thinking about? 
Oh, he'll he said he'll keep making them until they don't. <laughs> okay, all right. I look forward yeah. to the next one. Yeah, I mean, we know that there's at least one more because that's what Netflix. That's what Netflix bought. They bought um, yeah. But um, I, I mean, as long as he keeps having mysteries to throw out there, um, he's gonna keep any any. But he laughs at the idea of doing a prequel involving Benoit Blanc. So that'd be because oh, why? Because yeah, why would you want to not want to do that? Yeah, it's it's yeah. nonsense. Unless, that, it, unless like, it's played by Noah Segan. <laughs> yeah, there's been a lot of like you know online ideas for like what could be next or whatnot. The best one that I heard, um, because it's it's just full farce, is um Benoit Blanc and 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 Hugh Grant like go on vacation and he has to promise Hugh Grant that he won't solve mysteries, but then he gets wrapped up in a mystery, so he has to secretly solve it while being on vacation with Hugh Grant. If he does uh, it in that way that you just described, <laughs> where it's like yeah. a funny, I have to keep this under wraps. Yeah, that'd be fun. But if it becomes it, like, oh, now now everybody knows, and it's like, eh, then you just turn it. No, the whole thing is that he has to like seek. He has to pri- he has to secretly solve exactly. the case. Yeah, if well, he does that, well, like he, also like being on vacation, yeah. <laughs> it just sounds really funny. Because like, that that's also the 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 first half of that of what you described is the plot of um murder on the orient express it's the plot of most sitcoms yes. like it's a it's a sitcom plot like he has to hide this thing while doing another thing yeah. but but like being on vacation part is very like you know on the nose mm-hmm. so um in any case yeah I, i'm looking forward to the next one here uh i don't know when it's gonna be released but a I lot of people two years from now yeah a lot of people have been like fan casting on twitter um and you know it's fine but also uh, Ryan Johnson is known to be a person who likes to maybe uh, be weird with his choices, and that's what I think you and I both like about him. So uh, I would not be surprised if people were just like, "You should fan cast this guy." It's like, no, I'm gonna go the opposite direction and fan cast a guy that you guys have never really heard about, but he's done like two good things, and uh, he's gonna be fantastic in this next. I movie. mean, I get what you're saying. It's like it's not like Glass Onion's filled up nobodies. Like, yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> like, I agree. I mean, there's the a, thing lot, with, of, the a thing, lot of no names here. The thing, the thing with fan cast is whatever. There's no wrong answer to this. It's like, okay, what? Sure, that sounds cool. I guess like he's gonna make it work because that's yeah. who he wrote the movie for, or whatever. Right. Like he, he knows the he knows what he wants for these parts, so he's gonna get whoever he gets. And like the movies already fall. These movies are already following a pattern where yeah, he's getting recognizable people character actors comedic actors what have you and having fun which is the point exactly. so like, yeah whatever that's the best More part fun. is having fun yeah. so all right well you know not a whole lot to spoil in that one either <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's good it's good to chat about it though go watch anyway, knives we, out or i'm sorry go, anyway, watch, go watch glass onion go watch yeah go watch glass onion colon a benoit blanc mystery yeah exactly all right, so we've talked about this and Avatar. We've done it. That's going to wrap us up for this week's episode of Out Now with Aaron Abe. You can find more of my work on my personal blog, thecodezeek.com. Everything I do ends up over there. I also write for Leave Entertainment and Wise to Blue. On both sites, I currently have top 10 lists. On Wise to Blue, I have my picks for the top Blu-ray and 4K releases of the year. On We Love Entertainment, I have my picks for my favorite films of the year and my favorite movie moments of the year. So feel free to check out wow. those things. And I'm on Twitter. <laughs> That makes it wow. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> it, was, it was a lot. I was no. I'm saying like you know, spe- movie moments of the year is very specific. It is. I had to yeah. narrow it down from a lot to 22. Exactly. <laughs> so, That's the yeah. wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that and I'm on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Abe, you can find my friends up over my Instagram Abe.mua and twittercom moose Hashtag the Duke don't dance with pineapple. <laughs> It's a, oh my it's, God. it's a hilarious throwaway line, and yet it comes back. <laughs> Duke, don't dance with pineapple. 
it does. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. It's brilliant. No, it's just dumb. That's a great exchange. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. You can find all the other episodes about now thirty day on all the places you can find podcasts or on all the yeah. socials as well, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and all that. We're on the we're on the internet. Yep. Stay tuned. Next week we should be discussing Megan or Mathregan. Um <laughs> Do we have an AI bot to be with us as a guest? I, I'm looking into things. I'm okay. I'm I'm asking that 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 robot that beat Ken Jennings on Jeopardy. What he's up IBM to. Watson. <laughs> Watson. I'm asking Watson what he's going. What's going on with him? He's gonna know everything. Um, I I'm at, I'm 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 seeing if Alexa has plans with other um, smart devices, uh, including uh, Kimmy, and <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um, <laughs> um, but most likely we'll get Simon. He always says something. He'll re- he'll respond in colors. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that is going to do it for this week's episode. So until next time, so long. And goodbye. Oh, yeah. you man